Welcome to Lions Radio Network, where the show takes you on a roaring adventure with entertaining and stimulating topics focusing on entertainment, sports, business, world news, along with many other topics. Whatever your interests are, you will find them right here on Lions Radio Network. So, I, I, there's a there's delay, delay going, going on. on. Which way, which way? I like it. I don't know. I have like an echo. I don't know why it's doing this. Maybe it's the internet. Anyways, what's up? Good morning. It's still morning. It's still morning. It's like, yeah, no, it's no longer morning. It's now afternoon. I know. Okay, so what's up? This is Jess Cole with Lions Radio Network. And she's nasty. nasty. I yeah, can't fix this right now. Jess Messen Broadcast is hosted by Jess Fole, a visual artist from Baltimore, Maryland. Jess invites those who've inspired her to recount their tales of becoming professional artists and creators. Through sharing memories and stories, Jess and her guests relive experiences, discuss new projects, and foster new ideas. All Jess Messen Broadcast is hosted by Jess Fole, a visual artist from Baltimore, Maryland. Jess invites those who've inspired her to recount their tales of becoming professional artists and creators. Through sharing memories and stories, Jess and her guests relive experiences, discuss new projects, and foster new ideas, all while making sense of this crazy pop culture world we live in. Tune in weekly for a variety of guests ranging from musicians, designers, artists, and entrepreneurs who are actively creating the world around us. And now, it's time for Jess Messin Broadcast with Jess Fole. That's an amazing intro. I love that. I know. Like, I tried to friend that guy on Facebook, and he did not accept my request because, like, I kind of fell in love with him a little bit. I was like, keep telling my story. Okay, so I think I fixed the computer. How much would it cost me to pay him to give me one of those intros that I can start every DJ set with? I would love I to start every can, set with that. I can ask him for you. I mean, he's really fucking good, right? Like, he's yeah. like that. That's like almost All as right. good as the Let's Get Ready to Rumble guy. <laughs> let's go. What was that? Like Dick Vitale or whatever? I forgot. Mm. I don't know. Okay. That's, like, that's a throwback to Jock Jams for sure. What's mm-hmm. up, everybody? This is Jess Messin Broadcast. I'm Jess Full. I'm here live in my studio in Baltimore, Maryland. And with me, I have James. Nasty, and I'm so excited about this because a I've been a fan of James Nasty for like a minute. I've I've danced partied to you a few times in my life, and James and I have been hanging out recently, just like shooting the shit as artists and doing our thing. And I've been having a really good time, so he agreed to mm-hmm. join us today on Lions Radio Network and um, tell us his tales and also share with us a few unreleased tracks. Hey, James, what's up? Good morning. Good afternoon. I keep doing it. It's afternoon. Thanks for having it's me. Legit. It's like early afternoon. I mean, I'm not going to like split hairs here. Oh, but it's straight up noon, right? We just started that. That's after. It's still morning somewhere. It's 12.03, so it's literally afternoon. I get it. I, mm-hmm. It's like, you know, like um, a friend of mine met 
her her boyfriend on Tinder and or they're married now and I like I was at the wedding and they were like I guess they really did swipe right and I was like she just blew my mind oh my like, god like, I know I'm slow okay here's James's story Baltimore, Maryland resident James Nasty excels at producing and DJing Baltimore club music while maintaining roots in turntablism and open format DJing. Nasty is locally iconic and globally respected, voted the best DJ in a club in Baltimore City paper, not once, but twice. He's favored by Be More Club in, in inventor Scotty B and is in heavy rotation during Legends. K.W. Griff and Pork Chop Club mixes on Baltimore radio station 92Q. I, like, love that. Like, I want to be named after a meat. <laughs> like, DJ Fried Chicken, and I fucking love that. Um, DJ Meatball. DJ Meatball. DJ Meatball. I know. Like, like I, I'm a fan. Okay. Globally, he's fun for Boiler Room. International tastemaker, A-Track himself, has dropped cuts from his recent TNA. Tisworth and DJ Ares Records release. Ares. Calvert yeah. Street Eats. Ares um, Records. Um, release Calvert Street EP in his live set, and he's gained support from the likes of GTA, Anna Luno, Sirius XM Shade, 45, DJ Wonder, Elvis, 1990, Jersey Club Piers, DJ Slink, and Unique. Dave Nada, Nada Strong, Bergen City, and more. Time Out Singapore says, oh, that's like so far away. Stop being so serious and get loose to James Nasty. This kind of stuff coming out of Baltimore. This is the kind of stuff coming out of Baltimore that's really popular but manages, but still manages to break all the rules. And, like, okay, it's always funny for me to read people's bios because there's, like, hard words in them. And I'm, like, a little too hungover to sound out letters right now. I just let someone else write them for me. I pay like my fun writing friends to write them for me, so I don't have to deal with it. Now in our radio show, I love it. (laughs) Okay, let's get serious. Yes. James, tell us how. Hi, hi, but how you became a DJ? How did I become a DJ? Just so you know, just you know, I like. Revere DJs, all that, like as like straight up musicians, like your power is unbelievable. Um, so tell us how like that was the format that was attractive to you. That was the music that spoke to you and delivering it in that way. Because I think when you're a DJ and you're like so crazy talented, like you can play anything. So what was it about mm-hmm. the turntable that that was like your instrument? How did that come to be? Mm-hmm. All right, I've been playing musical instruments since I was in, like, fourth grade. And uh, in high school, I taught myself to play the guitar, and I wanted to be, like, in a band. I wanted to be an instrumentalist, and I wanted to be, like, a music producer. And I was doing that in college. And then after college, I was working at a few studios as an engineer and a producer. And I had, like, a producing partner, and then at some point, like, all these partnerships I had with people just started falling apart and getting messy. Yeah, I know that racket. <laughs> and my uh, my producing partner at the time had picked up DJing, 
And we were also living together. So I learned the important life lesson. Don't live with good friends. Don't live with good friends. Don't, don't <laughs> never, do that. Never, ever, never, You're going to eventually want to maybe choke them or push them down some stairs or something. Yo, and that um, feeling straight up mutual, there's just Over, like, much dirty like dishes or something. Something completely yeah. irrelevant otherwise. Yeah, you're like, our business is fine, but your living lifestyle fucked up. Yeah. I can't yeah, do yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just can't know that much about other people that you're, mm-hmm. like, you know, mm-hmm. handling money with. It's not fair. <laughs> anyway, keep going. So we – our living room was basically a studio – and sometimes he'd be in there and he would just be DJing and I'd just be like not doing anything, like in my phone. Just like not caring. Yeah. I guess this is the part where I say that like before I existed, before I was made as a human, my father was a DJ. And then he started going through a midlife crisis when I was a teenager. He wanted to get back into DJing. And I was like, DJing is stupid. Like, look at this old man trying to be cool. Like, what are he you was, doing, like, Dad? Like, he was trying to DJ, like, you... my younger brother's, like, school dances and all this stuff. Like, birthday party, right? You're, like, so yeah. embarrassing. Oh, my God. I know. Yeah. But then also, like, you know, fast forward, you're like, get it, Dad. Get it. Like, I would be okay anyway, with that now. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, my... So, like, my producing partner that I was talking about that picked up DJing, he was always trying to encourage me, like, yo, you should get into this, too. You should get into this, too. Like, I don't want to do that. I was like, I play real instruments. I don't want to be a DJ. My dad was a DJ. I'm not going to do anything that that guy does. Fuck that guy. You're like, I am not my dad. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then one night, I was just but- like, all right, you keep asking me, like, if I do this one time and I try this thing, will you leave me alone? He's like, yeah. So I got up. I walked over to the turntable. He's like, here's how you do this. He's like, here's how You're you, like, like here's my beat the record up yeah. and slow down. And he's just like, here, try it. And that was, and was like, that was it. If you like, if you want, if this was like a big Hollywood blockbuster that was like the story of my life, this is the scene where like I touched the turntable. There's like this electric shock. That comes like, <laughs> it's like, it's like yeah, this union that forms. Like I touched the turntable, and all of a sudden, it's just like, <laughs> this is my moment. I know. I feel you. And I was just like, I was just like a natural at it. Like it was just like it came. It seems so. Like, easy what was I waiting for, me to for under- this whole time? To understand yeah, the concept like- of like, pick the songs you mm-hmm. like to listen to that you also know that everyone else likes. And learn how to blend them all together to tell a story, to make people lose their shit on a dance floor. And I was like, that's what that Yeah, means. like, you have okay. good taste. You have good taste. Yeah. And you're, you're the tastemaker, basically. You know? Yeah. Like, so, James and I, well, I shouldn't say James and I, but I was out at a party this past weekend at Creative Labs. And if you don't know, that's the space over in Woodbury. And Reed Beemore is facilitating all the parties and stuff over there. And I was, like, dancing down to James Nasty this past weekend, and I was just thinking to myself, yo, that's so great. Like, the ability, it's, like, impulsive, and I know you plan ahead as a DJ and stuff, but the ability to read a room. I don't plan ahead. Fuck that. 
yeah, like you're, I know we were talking about this yesterday. Like you're like, nah, just like go. And yeah. so for me, tell us about like playing, because what we're going to do here today is we're going to break up this conversation. This is new for us. And I'm hoping that there isn't delays. I, I can't promise anything because like Jess Messon's a shit show. So um, we have five or four tracks from James that are unreleased. So we're going to play those today and we're going to break up the conversation and just like go in and out and play some songs here. But tell us what it's like when you're like up on the stage or behind the table and you're seeing like, how do you plan that? Are you reading us dancing? Are you reading our responses? Or is this like just personal? Or you're like, nah, I'm like feeling this one. I got to hear it. And I'm going to play it. Like, how Ooh, do you? This is, this is good. How do you, this is my favorite question. I know, man. I told you it was like artists talking, not like, you know. I mean, I'll ask you some dirty Howard Stern questions if you want, but I right, want to. We can do that later on. We can do okay. that later on. <laughs> all right. All right. So, um, how does that like happen? Like, what's going on up there? Uh, it's like a significant amount of anxiety, first of all. Because, you know, you have some DJs that try to plan their set, like, oh, I'm going to open with this, and then I'm going to go here, and I'm going to, like, I've never been that person. I've seen other DJs try that, and I've seen them fail. I've seen people be completely unprepared to play for the room full of people in front of them. So, like, oh, I'm going to play this house music set. Then you're playing for a room full of people, and you're like, oh, these people don't want to hear house music, like, I was yeah, bamboozled. Like I signed up. I signed up for the. Yeah. I signed up for the wrong gig at the wrong time, and this is not the <laughs> moment for house music to these people. Oh, I I've totally never been that person. Planned. Yeah. I've never been that person. So the only thing I really plan is just I have. I have like a hard drive and a flash drive that are just like you know it's just about keeping your library of music organized. Mhm. But not necessarily planning out a step by step. Set. So like you get up on stage. Hopefully you've had the right amount of drinks or whatever other things you need to do to get in the zone. And you get yeah. up there and you look at a room full of people and you're just like, all right, what is the right? What's the right like what's song our vibe for right this now? moment? What's the yeah. right song for this moment? And then you're scrolling through all the stuff you have and you're like, this one. And then you play. Dude, that's a that's a real that's a real DJ because like that's yeah. like I'm I'm totally curating for you right now like you know and yeah. that's like the term I'm gonna use like people like you know they piece, they piecemeal my art and they take what they want out of it and they provide it for the or they like pick what they want for the experience mm-hmm. and that's pre-planning but what you do is you're like your art show is in the moment every time. And yeah, it's an energy you're exchange. Just, yeah. Oh, oh, I want to write that down. Our, energy exchange. It's, it's a total energy exchange. As a person on the stage, my energy directly influences everyone else who's there. And there's, there's a compromise where everyone meets, where it's like, this is what I'm putting out there. I think this is where you want to be. And they give you that energy back. Like, yeah, this is where we want to be. Let's keep doing this. Yeah, like, this is how I'm feeling, and then it's, like, you reciprocate. Like, your feelings are off on yeah. me, and I'm going to feel it back. All right, that's cool. All right, so we're going to That's what reading. That's our, what, like, reading a dance floor is all about, just, like, understanding the energy exchange, because you can feel it, you can see it, 
And have like, you, okay, some, I, I'm going to play DJ this song just real quick. Ignore it. Which song are you going to play? Hold on. I know. I was just thinking, like, what if everybody just wants to slow dance? Like, what's your song if everyone's just out there, like, Ooh. slow twirling? I used to. I used to always end nights with, like, two to three slow jams, especially if I was doing, like, an open <laughs> format party. And, like, yeah. one of the go-tos was always R. Kelly You're bump like, and grind. like, go and get laid already. Just, like, go fucking do that. But, go get laid. But now that R. Kelly has been – I mean, there's been, like, different yeah. waves of, of R. Kelly cancellation, but I think we finally completely closed the box and, like, locked it. And we finally locked R. Kelly back in the closet, and he's never getting back out. <laughs> Or Kelly's um, totally back in the closet. Like, that fucker yeah. can't get out of there either. Yeah, I think it's we're like going to leave him there forever. Padlocked that, um, that, that closet yeah. for sure. Hey, I'm, so, I'm not upset about it. I'm honestly not. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, he's. I, this is a conversation that we can, like, have after. I'm going to play the track Pop. Okay, so, okay. I'm going to start. Hold on, don't, so, that one's not. All right, so that one has been released already. Which one do you that want me to play here, That one's not unreleased. Uh, play let's drugs? start with Ricky. Let's start with Ricky Martin. Ricky? So let me tell a story about Ricky Martin first, because that's my next single, want, and that's the record. Do you want to tell it before? Let's tell the story afterwards. Let's tell the story afterwards. Okay. Yeah. All right. So here's an unreleased track from James Nasty. It's called Ricky Martin. That's the title, right? Yes, Ricky Martin. And all right. So <laughs> I'm gonna hope that this works. This is like kind of my only second time like doing that so let's like hope for that oh here it goes Ricky Martin, 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 Martin,
which is like totally against the rules of being like a recording artist, like recording shit <laughs> on your phone in a car. Like there was no like, hey, let's okay. go to the studio and do this on a good I microphone. Like, I think that's cool as hell. Like this is like where we are right now with art, and it's so hard to adapt to it because you're like, this is incorrect. This isn't how I'm supposed to be making my art. This is the, like the rules. history of art, but like this is art history of it like we're like the next people you know what I mean yeah sometimes you gotta break the rules yeah, well I mean that go- I feel yeah. like that goes without saying yeah. <laughs> okay so tell us like song. why it's Ricky Martin like what like out of like why isn't it anyone else what is it that it makes it Ricky Martin I was just I had I've had this song has existed in a different in like a bunch of different versions for a couple of years now, and like there's always was just like an empty space for that part where the vocal came. It was like the saxophone would happen, then it would stop, and like I just was like I need to find like I could never come up with something that I like. Yeah, like why is it a Jose? Canseco? That was there. Like, <laughs> like what is it about? I mean, because Jose can. Ricky. I mean, who's sexier? Ricky Martin, Jose, Jose Canseco. Really? You yeah, that, Jose it does Canseco? have too many syllables, please. <laughs> I guess that's what I was saying. I don't know. It was just another that, like, weird conversation Canseco. I had where I was like, yo, I need to find, like, whose name, like, what's a funny name to put on this record? Like, because I'd sent this to, like, I sent this to so many different people. I sent demos, like, hey, you know, can you, like, I just need, like, a one phrase vocal to go here. I have, like, a whole list of people that I sent demos to, and no one ever wrote back, like, oh, this is a cool record. I like this. This is a good vibe. No one ever Did gave Ricky me Martin what write I wanted. Back? No, I, I don't think Ricky Martin knows about this yet, but that's the dream. The dream is for oh. this to blow up. The dream is for this to blow up and for Ricky Martin to call me up and be like, hey, I love this song. I want to help you make this song even bigger. Come to Miami yeah. and hang out on my boat, and we're going to film a music video on my boat. That's the dream. Uh, yeah. Putting it out there into the it universe was, right now. We're going to manifest it because James Nasty loves boats. And I'm going mean, to go think, to Miami to be on a boat like with a, Ricky Martin and film yeah, a music video for this song. A big ass, like, yacht party. But I'd go on a totally. boat with Ricky Martin tomorrow, like, with just a six pack. Like, I'd be like, let's go do this, right. catch some fish. Yeah. Fuck around. Yeah. Either way. Yeah. Yeah. Either way. Like, I, I'd do that for sure. Okay. Let's get into the next one. All right, what do you want me to play next? I have Bring It Back, No Self, uh, Party Drugs. Uh, uh, and do you want to go right into so the song just soon? Yeah, let's do it. All right, uh, let's go into... So. Let's do Bring It Back. This is another record All that right, will be guys. coming out, hopefully this summer. It's featuring uh, Chaotic Couture, a very talented vocalist that's just like killing the Baltimore hip hop scene right now. Okay, really so excited to finally have worked with Kyle. And we'll huh? yeah. talk about the Baltimore hip hop scene when we come back. You guys, so this is James Nasty and this is an unreleased track. It's called Bring It Back. This isn't the whole song Let's ride. 
give away all of that one just yet. There might be some some surprises at the end of that record that I don't want to put out into the world just yet. So you just gave us a taste? Yeah, it's like the first, what, two minutes? The first two minutes. So talk to us about, like, the Baltimore hip-hop scene and kind of what's going on here and, like, give me kind of an insight to that. You know, like, tell me about your world. I mean, the Baltimore hip-hop world is not really my world. I'm sure there's other people that could speak to it more than I can, but I've definitely noticed just as a DJ and as someone who's, like, just socializes and is always around that, like, we have a very vibrant and supportive rap hip-hop scene in the city right now. It's like, really good to see. It's really good to see, like, venues embracing hip-hop and rap and local rap and, like, black Mm. artists as a whole, like, that wasn't, this wasn't, this didn't exist five, ten years ago, you know. Which is wild. These kind kind of shows, you know, all these shows that you can find at the Crown or even Sidebar or, like, even the Auto Bar has gotten on board with it, even though they fucking suck. Like, it's it's crazy to see like all these venues starting to embrace this, and uh, every now and then so I like, long. pat myself <laughs> on the back for being like, well, I mean, sometimes it takes it takes time for people to embrace things or just like. Yeah, I think I that's like something to talk it's, about in general in thing. Baltimore. Like, this is a pretty conservative art scene, in my opinion, around here. Like, and not just we that, have, also traditionally very segregated. Totally. Very segregated. Totally. We have you know. some serious fundamental things happening in Baltimore that, you know, you know, kind of dictate what art is. And there's a whole other scene separate from, you know, the fundamental art crowd that's really picking up on, like, I call it, like, cityism, urbanism, like, that is, that are creating art based on our surroundings and not based on how we're taught or how, 
Like it's more based on how we feel as opposed to the fundamental side of things. I'm one of those people for sure. Like, and to come up in Baltimore and get recognized outside of that is an unbelievable feat here. Like anybody who's doing that here, that's like outside of the agenda, I feel like is really accomplishing something. We have, like how you said, like a legit segregation. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about, you know, how you defy the odds in Baltimore. How do you do that? How do you I mean, there's no, there's no plan. There's no formula. It's just some people get lucky. Some people are persistent. Mm-hmm. And some people just have good networking or strategizing skills. Um, That's totally you know, it. Yeah. There's, there are definitely one of the things that I I've, I've noticed is that the conversation about Baltimore arts is no longer reserved just for white mica students because it used to be that you know it used to be the image the image of what no oh, don't come I mean like it used to be that like. The I know. mainstream image and what the press talked about when they talked about art culture and like the DIY scene was all like white rock noise music and like all of that. Like it used to be like that's what you found at the Copycat or at the Annex or any of these like these like art spaces was all white kids making music. And then in the last five or so years, you know, it's gotten much more diverse and colorful. And now we're talking about queer artists, black queer artists, black artists as a whole, any other non-white artists. Like, it's just, and a lot of it, a lot of these artists and are see, native, native Baltimoreans. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say female artists, not too, because it hasn't been that's, easy. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> you know, I totally it hasn't been easy. missed that. Yeah. No, you know, I'm just going to interject and say, like, I can resonate. Like, I'm a white woman. Like, you're right. and, you know, I'm hella white. And I, like, was like, yo, this should be easier, right? Like, it should be easier for me, and it hasn't been. And, like, so I can resonate with you. I'm not 100% all the way there with you, but I can hear you and feel you in what you're saying, for sure. So who are But also, I guess part of it is also that, like, people that have grown up and Baltimore are much more of a part of the conversation in that community. It's not just people from the Midwest or wherever people come from that go to MICA that are part of that conversation or people that are adjacent to them. There's a lot of space now for, like, real born and raised Baltimoreans to be a part of the national conversation about what our arts culture looks like here. Yeah. Well, we were talking about this yesterday where it was like, you know, like my whole joke is that I've always had a hard time like being um, considered a Baltimore artist. And I like my whole joke is like, yo, I came out of my mom's stomach at GBMC up in Towson. Like, you know, I know I moved away and came home, but I'm home and I'm here and I'm making my shit here. And Mm -hmm. that should be recognized. I mean, in all honesty, if I could afford to be anywhere, I could be, and I choose to be in Baltimore, and I choose to take on this challenge here of, like, 
combating or succeeding in an art scene that is extremely particular, extremely, you know, there's a huge, like I said before, like a huge fundamental box of this is how art is made. This is what, how art is perceived. This is how you're supposed to deliver your art. And I've been here doing arting for 10 years and I a hundred percent feel you that even in the past five years, there's been kind of like an open arm situation where it's like, okay, we'll take a look at you. We'll, we'll consider this. And that took some serious work. I feel like I've been a part of that where I've been like saying like, hey, hey, like I'm doing this too. But I mean, there's a massive amount of us that are here that are like yeah. trying to succeed and be appreciated on the same level as, you know, professionally taught artists or whatever. And we're doing that. Like, it's happening. And it's such a pleasure because, honestly, like, all I want to do is be around, like, awesomely creative people and feed off each other and teach each other and be there for each other and, like, create that environment. And if you went to Micah or you went to whatever, like RISD or wherever you're from, and you can bring that to the table and I can bring what I bring to the table and we all get together and we're like, talent is talent. Like that's undeniable. Like I feel that starting to be something here. And that is like an accomplishment for me, you know, to be like in the sector or in the, in the portfolio of people who are advancing that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, so, James, you're from D.C., you said, right? So how did you, but you've been here for 20 years. Yep. Right? Uh-huh. Okay, so, so did you move here with your family? I did so not move here with that? my family. I just moved here by myself. But I was able it. to, when I was able to leave PG County and live on my own, I moved here and found that this was more the place that I belonged than there. What was your first gig in Baltimore? Like DJ gig? Yeah. Like what was your first? Oh. Uh, your first rollout. At some point, I was like, I think my first DJ gigs were really in like the like bar scene in South Point. Oh. My and God, I, I have like skinned so many knees in South Point. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's. Play another one. You want to? You want to do party drugs? Uh, do what? We have. Yeah, we could, do, we could do party drugs. Party drugs is a little right. something different. It's not really club music, which is what most people know me for. Um, I guess part of when I was telling my story about how I got into DJing, like I was originally more about like rap and R&B production, like as a real record producer than just like making club music and DJing. And I think a lot of people don't know that because I haven't done that a lot recently, and I've pretty much only put out club music under the James Nasty name for the bulk of my career. But, like, I've produced records for, like, other people from, like, you know, all over the place. And, like, this is mm-hmm. one of them that will right, so come out eventually. Come out eventually, but it's going to come out right yeah, now. it has to. It's too good. It's, oh, yeah. This is a preview of these things. 
Okay, yeah. cool. So this is James Nasty, and it's called Party Drugs. Yeah. to get on the dance floor and get ready to fuck it up. All my twerkers, all my big booty girls out there, I see you, girl. You better work. You better move it. Put your drink down and get your ass on the dance floor. I woke up still feeling all them party drugs. 5 a.m. type of shit. You know what it was. Three joints, two shots, down one beer. I need to find some party drugs and get out of here. Go shawty work, mama, yup, fuck it up. out there yet, but I can tell you off the record, because you'd be like, oh, really? That's her? No way. Okay, we'll do that. Like, okay. So, tell us about how you make, let's just talk about this track in general. How do you make a track? Like, what is it? Is it first the beat, or do you have, like, do you hear someone say a phrase, and you're like, yo, I'm going to write that down? Like, how does this happen? It's never, I mean, there's no one process. Like sometimes I'll make an instrumental and I'll find people. I'll be like, all right, you sound like you'd be good on this. Like, do you want to write to this? They're like, nah, I'm good, fam. I'm like, no, okay, cool. You, you want to write to this? <laughs> and I was like, nah, I'm okay. like Eric McFadden Someone was like, you should like, be okay, a singer. Yeah, and I was like, no. <laughs> I kind of I love that part of this industry. Just like the people you may reach out to with a record, they're like, I'm good on this. 
and then someone else does it, and then it ends up being a big thing. And it's like, yeah, you fucking passed on that. You missed. Like, you that missed was always, out. That was always my favorite thing. Favorite thing to watch, like in like I think it was like the Jay Z documentary. Uh huh. For like one of his albums, like they made the whole thing where like he went to Timberland, and Timberland was like, yeah, I made this beat for Ludacris, and then Ludacris didn't want it, and then it turned into like one of Jay Z's like biggest biggest records ever put out. I'm like, oh man, I love that. I love seeing that. We're like someone sitting somewhere kind of salty. Like I passed on this record and uh, someone else turned like, it into a here couple, it someone else turned it into a couple million dollars that could have maybe been mine. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, like that's like all totally subjective too. Like in the sense, like, you know, ideas are so like first step. Like I have this like sound or I have this idea or I have the, you know, like, like what, how, and like, okay, for instance, we should just talk about this. James and I are going to throw a party late summer and it's called Jangala and we're going to do this art installation together. And I'm completely inspired by James and he's like the epicenter. It's going to be like a massive movie, moving Kehinde Wiley painting. And, um, you know, like that was just something that we were like sitting across from the table and I was like, would you like, we should throw a, like, and that's how that party, like, like that's how that happened. Like we should throw a party, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. you easily could have been like, nah, it's good. But yeah, like, like okay, party. tell me more, you know, like, tell me more, tell me about this idea. How do we do this? And that's really like, for me, like the best, like brainstorming, best like idea phase. Like it's so based. It's like, we should do something. What can we do together? Like, how does it reflect you? How does it reflect me? And like all that mm-hmm. stuff. And then for the people who just like pass it by, they're like, they don't want to hear it or whatever. It's like, that's how you know that they're like, not your people. They don't fuck with the vision. They don't fuck with the vision, fam. But it's cool. I know. Not everyone has to fuck with the vision. Those that do are going to be on the boat with you when you have your come up. Yeah. But also, all right, that. so, you know, that's how some records start. Like, hey, I wrote an instrumental. Do you want to write to this? Sometimes I'll sit down in a room with someone and we'll just start putting, going back and forth with ideas and just like building. Hold on, wait for this truck to drive by. <laughs> I know, I love this like live radio thing. It's always so funny when I'm with people. They're like, oh, like last week, Jenna was sitting like literally in an electrical box in the in the brewery. <laughs> She's like, "This is the most quiet place." <laughs> yeah, some people I'll sit down with in the studio, and we'll just vibe off of each other. I'll be like, "Yo, give me an emotion, give me a color, give me a word, give me something," and then we just go back and forth. Like, I think that's the real art of record producing. I think people that make beats want to call themselves a producer, but if you just make an instrumental and you send it off to a vocalist and they do their thing, you didn't produce anything. You just are a songwriter. You know, a record producer you, you is involved. A record like producer is like from, from start to finish, you were involved in making sure that everything that's done is creating a good record as a product. And this is where we could switch from talking about the art part of this to the business part of it. Like, you got to look at a song. Yeah, let's as a talk product. about that. Yeah, 
I mean, because I'm, you know, we were talking about this yesterday. Like, I'm completely a commercial artist in the sense that I definitely plan and think about before I create, like, a style or an image, like, who is going to be receptive to this? Where can it go? But I come from a business background. I don't come from an art background. Like, all my shit has feeling and idea and all that good stuff, but it comes from a marketability to begin with, always, from the get-go. So we were talking about this yesterday, that you kind of, in a sense, operate the same way. Like, you create art for other people, and I don't know if that is – like, we were talking about, like, the idea of selling out. But, like, honestly, like, I'm here to entertain you. Like, I, I want you to feel good. So tell us about that end of it, like, where you're, like, making music where it's, like, receptive and, like, that's, like, your idea and the market, like, the commercialism of that. There's got to be a balance between what you make as an artist that's, like, a form of expression of who you are Mm-hmm. It's also something that can be su- can consumed by other people that they can relate to. And uh, mm-hmm. there have been a few artists I've worked with over the years that didn't want to hear me when I I mentioned that, that that's like the real key to doing it. Right. So, like, you can't just... It can't just be about, like, your own therapeutic form of expression because mm-hmm. you can write something like that and everyone's going to listen and be like, I don't understand what this person's talking about. Yeah, it's this so is not, far out. This right. is, I can't, like, I can't resonate. This doesn't resonate with me. But yeah, also, if you sit around, like... if you sit around and you just basically cash in on trends that others have created. Like, I'm going to write a record that's talking about the same shit the next person that just wrote a hit record is talking about. Like, that's yeah, like that's a whole like a different whole level. Thing. Like, come on. That's you can a do whole more. different thing. Yeah. Push yourself to do more than just make another record about the same thing that everyone else is talking about. Like, right. how like, are you going to That's a given. You know, that's a given. Yeah. You know, like, if I want to talk about, like, bitches and hoes, like, that's been done to death. And there's, yeah. like, a way to be inspired by that and then, like, to yeah. find your place in it and create your own. And that's, like, my whole thing. It's, like, I completely art stalk other people. And I'm, like, all right, this is what you're doing. This is successful. It's not mine, right? Like, but I see you and I see what you're doing. How can I wiggle my way in there? Like, what can I find in that for myself? and then apply that to my fan base so then they can enjoy it too. Like, that's how I approach it. You know, like, I'm like, yo, that's tight. I feel it. Yeah. Um, yeah. How do I put my stamp on it, in a sense? Yeah. You know, like, all right, so let's listen to, I want to play pop. Can we play that one? Uh, yeah, we can do that. Actually, what was I going to say? Oh, I remember. I remember. <laughs> well, yeah. Oh, before we go in, before we go into pop, because I probably have I have a good segue into that record. Cause that one has already been released, and uh, okay. it was a pretty. The release of it is a pretty big accomplishment. But uh, 
what I was going to say is like, so like when you talk about, like when you talk about music as a profession right now, like there are, I saw a stat the other day, it's like something like 40,000, 40,000 songs are uploaded to Spotify every week now or something like that. 40,000 fucking songs, you know? Yeah, I know. It's insane. Like the ability to be an artist nowadays and shine in it. Like you don't yeah. understand how much it takes. <laughs> it's so yeah. hard. everyone, everyone has access so now to buying equipment to record at home. Everyone has access to getting their music distributed on the most widely used platforms. Like the gatekeepers mm. that are the you know the major record labels, like they're not as important anymore. So. Mm-hmm. As an independent artist, it's like, how do you create the most traction with everything you release? Because people aren't just going to naturally discover you on Spotify, you know. The same thing with yeah, SoundCloud. I mean, you can't so just like, there's 1%. no just like, I'm going to put my song up on SoundCloud and then get magically discovered one day. I know. know. Like, you hear these stories about people. They're like, oh, they were they started on YouTube and and it just went nuts. Like, those days are over, all right, because it's so oversaturated. And, I mean, it's like 0.29% of people that, like, upload their stuff and get recognized or seen or go viral. Like, it's like I saw a headline the other day that was like, local man's video goes viral. And I was like, you know, kind of like good for you, but also like, should I be impressed by that? I don't, I like don't know how I feel about it anymore. And I'm like, because I feel like, you know, you take a shit out of the toilet and you film it and you go viral. <laughs> so I'm like, all right. So it's really like in the sense of artistry and true art and being recognized for it, if you're like shelling it out in that format, like you're really really, really doing something correct, in my opinion. Sometimes, though, some shit goes viral, and I'm like, I don't, I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so tell us about this track, Pop, and, like, do you want to, like, segue us into that and, like, give us a scoop, or do you want to do that yeah. after? Yeah, yeah, no, I can do that before. So, okay. uh, Pop was featured in an episode of uh, Broad City, which is a TV show, my girls Com- love them. Comedy Central, love. yeah. Season five, episode four. If you haven't seen it yet, anyone listening that wants to go see this and hear this in the way that they did that, I would say that's one of the creative ways that musicians now can gain more reach with the music they release because just putting something on Spotify and blasting it out to an email blast or your social media network might not always be enough. You know, Spotify pays you like a tenth of a cent per stream. You know, like people, like there's not a lot of money in releasing music. Like the mechanical royalties are pretty much nothing these days. You know, if you're doing it right and you're recording it at a studio and you're paying an engineer to mix and master it, like you got to recoup it somehow. You got to recoup yeah, those costs. There's a lot that goes into making a record, and then you're basically putting it up on the internet where anyone can listen to it whenever they want. And every time they listen, yeah, you get a tenth works. of a penny. You get a tenth of a penny. 
So yeah, I mean that's like what is that math? You gotta like, go to <laughs> you've got to find other revenue streams to actually get paid for releasing your music. You gotta find other creative ways of exposing people to your music and like building and growing your fan base. So, I just thought of a funny idea for a painting right when you said that, like you're like a tenth of a penny. And I was like, yo, what a fucking cool painting that would be just like a big ass penny cut like a pie. And yeah. like cut into slices. And like, yeah, with Spotify's, with Spotify's logo, logo Spotify's logo Spotify pie. Spotify pie. And like, seriously, yeah. like this is what I'm getting paid now after I just fronted all of this money to legit entertain my people and to make my people feel good. And then it's uh-huh. like, do you know how many times you have to play this for me to get to recoup? Like, that's intense. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so this was on Broad City. This track is called, this is James Nasty. It's called Pop. You said season five, episode four of Broad City. Season five, episode four. Yep. Okay. Here it goes.
legit just going to, like, sing that in my head every time I, like, put my car in reverse. Yo, straight up. Back it up. So, Back it up. Yeah, I'm just going to Shout out to Suhan and TT the artist for also being a part of that record. Those are two artists that are doing things bigger than me, but I'm very blessed to have the opportunity to work with on a pretty regular basis. Yeah, there's like, you know, first of all, let's talk about Broad City and kind of what that means to Baltimore. Abby Jacobson went to Micah. She's a, you know, one of our revered Micah grads here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, went off to the big city and, you know, has been friends with Alana Glazer. I actually, like, straight up stalked them um, a few years ago, like, politely, but, like, legit didn't have a ticket to Tribeca Film Festival and went anyway for their, like, big talk expose. This was, I don't know, I'm, like, looking at the ticket. I guess it was, like, 2000, I don't know, it doesn't say, but it was probably four years ago. And, like, legit just went up there, like, got this miracle Tribeca Film Festival ticket and was in watching them. And I was just like, you know, like you're straight up doing it for us. Like you're, you know, like you're representing, like Abby's totally repping Baltimore and like the success game and bringing that art from our city to a but, national, but, but hold on. national but where's level. Abby, where's Abby from though? Cause that's the big, like, that's the thing. Like Micah sort of churns out. That's a talk to have for sure. That's a talk to have. <laughs> These revered micrograds, like where are they actually from? And while they were in Baltimore, what did they really do to contribute to culture here in Baltimore? Did they just come here and like soak up some game and then run away? So here's no disrespect to Abby or anyone else that goes to Micah or has gone to Micah, but it's like that's a conversation that doesn't get had enough. Like Micah is a college; it's one institution that's a small part of the cultural artistic landscape here in this town. But it's I like, just like is it just like, this an, radio it's, show it's and hug game, you right now. It's just <laughs> like a game of affluence. If you come from affluence, you can come here, you can be affluent here and you can go somewhere else. You get continue a little... to be affluent. And then you can just like grab pieces of all the shit that you encounter along the way and just keep winning. Yeah. You get a little flavor, you get a little flavor and you take season. the flavor and you apply it. a little it. Elsewhere. Feel a little sauce on the way. Right. Yeah. Baltimore is definitely a stop on the way. And that's so something to talk about because, you know, like, let's talk about me for a second again. And, you know, from Baltimore, moved away to New York City, got the whole New York City flavor, and came home and really made the bulk of my artwork here a hundred, like literally 99% of my artwork has been made in Baltimore minus the collages I was gluing together on the subway. All right. So I'm here. I'm in it. I've been in it since I've been professionally creative. And there is a spice of life that happens that comes from Baltimore. And what makes you a Baltimore artist? If you come from Florida and you go to Micah for four years and you graduate, you're considered a Baltimore artist. You're from Baltimore all of a sudden. No, you're not. What no. is that? I mean, what is I that? don't know. What, you're just an artist, I guess. Like, you came here for yeah, like, college. Like, I went to St. Bonaventure in Olean, New York. That doesn't make me an Oleanite. <laughs> yeah. like, I don't. It blows my mind. It blows my mind. I'm like, what just happened? <laughs> I give you up. But has, just for the record, the city has the city has a lot of cool 
and a lot of people want to be able to rep this town because of the cool, the extra cool it gives them. But if you're not actively contributing to the cool here and helping uplift those that have helped create cool for a long time here that don't have the same privileges as you, you should be allowed right. to rep. I get it. I get it. Because it's true. Like, I've been saying this, like, you know, like, Detroit popping off on the art scene for sure. I mean, just speaking as far as, like, painting, I know they have, like, a dope hip-hop scene, music scene. And, you know, you have places like Atlanta. And just speaking from a visual artist mm-hmm. perspective, you have Greg Mike down there and some other great artists that are, like, visual artists that are coming out of there and an awesome music scene. And these, like, harder you know, more, I want to just say more intense, like urban environments where like we look at New York City, we all know what New York City is about. You can go like be on the L train and go over to Myrtle Avenue and see another side of New York that you don't even know exists, right? But everyone knows the shit nationally that goes down in Baltimore, that goes down in Detroit and goes down in Atlanta. And that makes us like heart, right? Like if you survive here, like, I definitely apply that concrete vibe, like, that pavement vibe, like, to, like, the, like, I don't know how to explain it, but, like, that vibration from Baltimore is definitely in my art. So I see, or I get what you're saying as far as, like, yeah, I want to be from here, too. But, like, if you're here for four years, that doesn't count. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I mean, it's, like, well, it depends on what you do with your four years here. Yeah, that's true. You really could make it happen. It depends on how involved you participate like, in the conversation here while you're here. I get that. I get that 100%. Oh, man, this has been so fun. So James and I was, were out last night. I, I got bored with myself, and I was like, hey, I'm going over to Union. You want to, like, go hang out? And he was like, sure. And so then we drank all this, like, alcohol, right? So I'm, like, thrilled that we popped this radio show off to the – you know, somewhat professional degree that we did. I'm <laughs> like really excited about it. I mean, yeah. I know. I just feel like a total rock star in this moment. So I'm going to, we're going to end now and I'm just going to, are you going to come over here and we're going to talk about this party we're going to throw, right? Yeah. All right, cool. So I'll see you in a little bit. And for you guys, this has been James Nasty from Baltimore, a great, DJ, turntablist, musician, artist, in in my eyes. Like, I just like to see you as, like, an all-around yeah. artist. Like, yeah. just even your vibe walking around. Like, I just look at you, and I don't want to, like, blow up your spot. But, like, to me, you're just, like, a moving painting. I just think you're so cool. And uh, that's I, probably one of the best really, compliments I've ever gotten. I'm a fucking moving painting. I do. Shit. I just think you're, like, so arty, and I love it. And I just... I've so enjoyed the time that we spent together in this past week and getting to know you. And yeah. I'm really excited to throw down and make something for you. Cause like, I, like, I just like enjoy the vibe. I enjoy, I just enjoy it. I enjoy it. So oh, yeah. um, that's, so I'll see you in a little bit. And from all of us all right. here at can Lions I, Radio can I Network. Can plug all my like social media thing things and whatnot? Oh yeah. Tell us about go. where we can, you're totally accurate. Let's talk about where we yeah. can find you. Instagram. Okay. Slash James Nasty, Twitter, Facebook, all the social media things. It's pretty much just James Nasty as a handle. Um, I'd appreciate it if everyone went and followed me on Spotify. 
so I can get that tenth of a cent every time you listen to some crazy club music. If you work out, <laughs> so, my music is great. Just so for you your know, you have playlist. to play a song on Spotify ten yeah. times minimally. Ten to times make a, a penny. day. You listen to ten James Nasty songs a day. You're helping feed me. It's like, yeah, you could be like a starving artist or a starving child in Africa, or you could feed me with your penny. It's a penny a day. I mean, I'm just kidding. We all Those people that are actually starving deserve that money more than me. I don't need it. I would appreciate it. I mean, I get it. it. So. I get it, though. Those so are like, really terrible jokes, and now I'm going to go donate 100 bucks to the United Way. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to here, drop off some blankets or something. Like, I know. I get it, though. Like, it's yeah. true because um, at the end of the day, like, everybody is at, you know, there are so many, all of us are here to make the world go round. That's, and James and I are both, both I'm making it products better. of, yeah, like we're both products of having lived and worked in the corporate world environment. And we have been blessed and lucky enough to like take this chance. And a lot of that comes from our fan base and our support. So like yeah. you guys have and asked And ex-girlfriends that paid your bills for six months. I know, like all that shit, man. I gotta put like, that out there. I owe her a shitload of money. Yeah, I mean, look, this isn't, this isn't. It's all fun and games until it's not. It really is. Like, there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes with artists that we don't necessarily project to you guys because you want us to be your entertainment or you want us to be like the fun, the fun in your yeah. life. We're You've given paintings. us the opportunity. Yeah, we're moving paintings. You've given us the opportunity to do that. We're here for you, and we love doing it, but that shit costs a lot of money, all right? Yeah. So, you know, like, it's fun to meet other artists that are really trying to do that and are of the art to, you know, have a good time and to provide a good time for other people. That's my shit. I mean, I'm smiley face all day. So, you know, I, I appreciate that. And, like, look, straight up. It doesn't happen without the support. So, you know, keep the tacos coming. <laughs> I'm just keep the tacos coming. Also, tacos if you want to coming. see me DJ in Baltimore, first Saturday of every month, I'm at the Crown for a dance party that I like to call Sauce. It's all in the mix. I also have my own hot sauce company, the Jones Falls Sauce Company. If you want to look that up, if you like spicy hot sauce, I have a very mm. special sauce coming out in the near future. Got that, got that Dave's Nasty product game on point. All right, yeah. that's going to do it for us. I'll see you in a minute, man. Yeah. All right, so everyone, right. this has been Jeff's Mess and Broadcast. I'm Jeff Full, and my studio is right here in Baltimore at the Coffee Cat. If you want to stop by, check it out. And we're going to be throwing a party in a few weeks here, like actually a couple months in August maybe. And it's going to be dope. So, um, you know, I just – I'm, like, really loving, like – getting together with like the Baltimore art scene and really interacting with that. And like, James, you've been a big part of that in the past 10 days. I've had so much fun and I've met so many cool people that I really, I just, I'm like, I'm really enjoying it. So thanks so much for taking the time oh, to yeah. do this. Thanks and for having me. Oh my God, my pleasure, man. And for all of us here at Lions Radio Network, I'm Jess Bull. This is James Nasty and we're going to check out. Thanks for listening and have a great day, everyone. <laughs> Later, James. Yeah.